Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital show. I'm Lital. Hi Didi. How are you doing? It's another week. I am awesome. Recovering from feeling sick for like 24 hours. Nothing makes you feel any better than not needing to throw up. That, that is the best. <laughs> that is well, happy 2023. We and the norovirus that's happening in Massachusetts. But you got to keep the expectations though. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, uh, let's start the year with sickness exactly well we have a great guest today hi Amit hello how are you doing I'm uh, also very tired very tired yeah jet lag too coming back from vacation jet lagged and with a one-year-old that is not really into sleeping anymore oh so yeah <laughs> yep yeah, but at we've least been through this stage but at least Iron Maiden at least yeah yes did you, I, I caught them in concert here when they were in Xfinity Center. They were just here in Worcester yep. uh, a month ago, two months ago. Did you go? No, I didn't. That, I, didn't. I couldn't. I had to I had to be home. I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm really older. regretting it. Yeah. Well, yes. life post kids. It's not the same. Well, <laughs> really. Life. <laughs> what is life <laughs> even? Life? Um, very happy to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself? Instead of me doing it. Uh, you're, you're doing it so well. Though. But what do I say? What do you do for a living? I, I am a security researcher mm-hmm. and I work at a small startup uh, called Sternum. We do IoT. Yeah, the bone here. We have an IoT security solution for exploit mitigation and general visibility. It's a fun place. There's like uh, 40 of us, still small, and uh, getting, getting things done. So yeah, that's that's me. Unless, unless there's uh, other stuff you wanted me to mention. No, Amit and I well, have been working together for a few good years at yeah. Cyber Reason. This is how we met. Had a lot of fun. Amit is a great researcher. We'll talk about it and <laughs> the experience we went through together. But maybe we explain, we start with explaining to people what is security research. I'm not sure everybody knows. Is it something that every company needs to have? Is it something that then how do you get to do it? I have so many questions around it. So maybe you start and maybe by telling how you got to do it, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, what is security research is, I, I, I think, I think it's the, it's the corporate, corporate correct term for hacking. White hat hacking. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. That's you can, you can, you can say can. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and it, it depends on the, on the context of, of, of the company. I mean, not, and not every company should have security researchers. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. D- does uh, Starbucks need to have security researchers? I don't know. If the they have an app, don't they need to know that the app is secure? Somebody needs to try to break in it? Yeah, but who is writing the app? Is it the baristas writing the app or is it like an external company that they hire and they should? Do, do the the security assessments. Yeah. So I think that companies, like product companies or services companies, companies that are in the security market and companies that are in that field, I think they that they should have it. And 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 majority of big companies do have it. Like companies like Salesforce, they have like a pretty or they had a fairly solid red team. And all of those companies, they they do have security researchers on staff, be it assessing their own internal security or assessing the security of third-party tools or platforms that they're using because now 
everyone's using everyone else's stuff because everything is in the cloud and everything is uh, on someone else's computer. So in, in that regards, I think that companies should employ various, what's the word I'm looking for? Various somebody to, somebody to, to make sure that nothing blows up. Yeah, but like, I mean, like... Actively looking <coughs> for potential problems. Yeah, problems. yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. me, I'm, I'm also coming off of a nasty cold like pretty, one, pretty all, much everyone yeah, else. So. Yeah, that's everyone reality. Is. Well, cool. How did you get to that? How do you learn to do those things? <laughs> so it started when I was a teenager. So I, 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 I didn't really like going to school and going to school required waking up in the morning, which is something that... You're not good at. Not, not very good at. And back at the day, I wasn't uh, a fan of. So I just wanted to sleep all the time. And still not a fan of. <laughs> still not a fan of. And if I could, if I could um, stay home and, and do c- computer nerd stuff, I would rather do that than go to school and learn something that... won't ever come useful in life. So I started, I started messing around with computers like from a very young age. Like my parents got me my first computer when I was five or six. And what was it? It was 386, 386, 33 megahertz with a turbo button that scales it down to 16. <laughs> and yes, the turbo button. Uh, 25 megabyte hard drive. And I think... Two megabytes of RAM, uh, I think. You know, those of us that started with a Commodore envied that. Yeah. There's a He still has yeah. some hair. Yeah, there's a, there's a small age gap. Yeah. But the hair is regardless. The, <laughs> hair, the hair is attributed <laughs> to... Oh, I'm, I'm, to I'm wearing a toupee. No, I can show. Look. Gosh. No, it's great. It's with the... It's, it's, it's very convenient. You wake up in the morning and your hair is always perfect. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, I had my computer, my first computer when I was five or six years old. And, when, and, and I just used it for playing games. I, I was very young. And it was the days of, 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 of DOS computers. So you had to, like, as, as a kid, I would, like, use DOS because I didn't have Windows back then. And sometime... In, in that around that time I also learned so DOS came with QBasic that you could like learn how to program using QBasic so I, I, I started I started messing around with QBasic and writing like very very basic programs and as as time went on and the internet became a thing because I, I can I can say that I'm still old enough that I started doing start messing around with computers before the internet so so when the internet came about and you know, back then I was still in Israel I had my first modem like a 14 what was it 14400 yeah yes and and that was Before that 28 yeah and then I had a 28 about yeah that was fun fun times we've been through that and uh, when I was when I around around that time when the internet started coming about you would hear stories and about there was this guy who hacked the Pentagon like this Israeli guy who hacked the Pentagon and there was you would hear stories about hacking or but but everything was so basic like oh uh, like this person like this dude called like he phoned the modem like that that belonged to a bank and he sent some 80 war games yeah and like and yeah and sent some 80 commands and stole money or something yeah. so that was very obscure and like sexy and and and, and mysterious and And I wanted to be and I, I wanted disguised. to know how to do it yeah and I think that my first my first my first experience with like seeing something like that was there was a, a Trojan back at the time that was called netbus that you could like 
download and 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 send people and like trick people into running that file and then you would be able to do whatever you want in their machine so i i started looking for basically i read about how netbus works and i and i understood that okay once a person like double clicks the the the, the file that you send them it opens a netbus server on their machine on port 12345 so i said okay uh, why won't i just look for like open ports, like open one, two, three, four, five ports. So I started scanning like the, so I, I had to read about what an IP address is and how is, does it work and what is a subnet mask and how I can scan for IP addresses and all of that thing. So I started scanning the IP ranges of my internet provider for open ports on one, two, three, four, five. And I found a bunch of them. And then I started getting into those people's machines and like, you could do stuff. You could mess with them. You could open and close their CD-ROM trays, or you could pop messages on their screen, or you could just be like, you could just. Can I swear here? Is that okay? Yeah, yes, yes, totally. Please. Okay. Please. So you could uh, be encourage. an asshole, or and, and and like erase all of their all of their stuff. So that's that was like my first attempt or experience with 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 security. But I didn't really know what I was doing. And later on, because you two are Israelis too, so do you remember Surfree? There yep. was this yeah. free yeah. internet service provider that it was called Surfree, where you they would you would only pay again. That's in the back in the days of dial-up modems. You would only pay for basically the phone call. The internet access wouldn't cost you money, but Surfree would occupy like thirty-three percent of your screen with a friggin' ad bar. Banner. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I remember that. And I wanted to learn the day people thought they can make money out of banner ads. Yeah, well, it was the '90s, <laughs> and uh, and I wanted to I wanted to find a way to like get get rid of that banner, and there were several approaches to do that. And what I ended up doing was to look at the string section on on the on the on the executable that runs the dialer, and you could just find like the. All of the all of the credentials that are that are that the dialer is using to 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 connect you to the internet. So then I just took those credentials and I've set up a dialer with those credentials, and I could use Surfree without ads. And that's how I like I got into those things. And then later on, I did something much simpler. What? I just expanded the screen size. You could just erase that top part of the bar. Again, don't forget, I'm older. I used to do assembly at that time. It was really easy to check. To just hack your own. Well, another an, uh, another screen, trick was driver. another trick that I saw was someone like you would inject the DLL into yeah. the dialer. Once the connection is up, you would just like that your DLL would kill the, the, the main the window. Banner. Yeah, but you see that's that's the great thing about hacking. There's like multiple uh, ways, multiple ways and yeah. approaches to, to, to a problem. Yeah. And then when I was 13, I started using FreeBSD. I had a friend that that said, "Oh, Windows is like for losers. You gotta, you can't use Windows. You gotta use like like a system where you have to like fucking compiler kernel every night and wake up in the morning to find that your compilation failed sometime. <laughs> you have to go to school because you're 13 and your computer isn't working. So that that's like the that's the very long <laughs> intro. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for taking up. And then so you went to the time. military." Yeah, so in That's part of yeah in, life Israel, in Israel, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah. unless uh, unless you're you're uh, uh, never mind. That's politics. Yeah, yeah, it's a very loaded really? subject. But yeah. yeah, so it's uh in Israel when you're um, 18, you're supposed to go to the army uh, to do a military service of three years if 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 you're if you're a dude. And uh, I was 
and and if if you're like if you're studying so in high school i studied computer science and if you're like a computer science student in high school usually like you'll go on like you'll go into that specialist in the military where they interview you for a whole bunch of different units and they ask you all sorts of technical questions so after a very long very very long process i ended up doing my military service in a governmental intelligence agency so it was kind of cool because my military service was outside of the military so i didn't have to wear a uniform and i didn't have all of the bullshit of the army i was just like i was employee yeah i was i was a civil servant i was working with people who were at that time were old enough to be my dad and uh, it was an interesting experience and i got to do a lot of really really cool stuff there and i ended up working there for nine years doing all sorts of uh, offensive security research defensive security research stuff that i'll probably never be able to talk about but it was uh, it was a very very cool time in my life and in my career and when i decided that it was enough for me that i i am sick and tired of <laughs> or just greedy like me No, I, I was just about to say sick and tired of not getting paid, paid, paid. for the work that Yeah, I left and I joined Cyberreason where I where so two of two of the three founders of Cyberreason worked literally in the adjacent room next to me. And we met there and when I joined Cyberreason that's where I met Lital. So Perfect. Yeah. Good. Good story. Well, I'm sure people are wondering if this is a career for me. Is it too late if I didn't start at the age of 5? Like, oh, what does it take for somebody to go into red teaming research today? I mean, we've talked a lot about people coming now out of tech with all the layoffs and stuff, and a lot of open jobs still in security. So yeah, people might be rethinking, thinking about going into, is it something that you think somebody can restart a career and oh, yeah. go into research? Yeah, it's, it's so... It's such a div- I mean security or cyber nowadays as the kids call it it became such a diverse ecosystem. I mean right. there's so much stuff to do and also again when I when I started or when Didi started there there, there wasn't really a knowledge base. Like yep. now yeah. you go on YouTube and you just you just watch someone explain to you how to do things which is amazing. I mean you don't even need to go to a conference because the conference talks are on YouTube. So if you want to get into it you need an internet connection and some curiosity and 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 time and that's it. I find that, that the latter thing that's the big problem. What? Time? Not investing no, time? No, curiosity. Oh. oh. Curiosity I think is a key thing for being a good researcher. Yeah. Because the, you need to ask yourself Why does it do that? And mm-hmm. yeah. And how come it works this way? And what will happen if if, if I do this? Yeah. Yeah. So just go and do it, right? And fearlessness because fearlessness. Th- th- there's a lot of people that think, "Oh, what will happen if I'll break this?" Okay. You'll break it. You'll break it. It'll be broken. <laughs> It'll be broken. <laughs> so it it it's not like the OS2 of the nuclear reactor somewhere. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, I I think that it's it's so it's it's so weird like for me so I, I just turned 36 and I'm, 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 I'm getting I'm, I'm feeling that I'm I'm getting older and not necessarily wiser but older and wait to 48 oh dude <laughs> inside I'm 67 and I'm like I'll be on Instagram 
and and Instagram, like there are content creators who do like security or hacking tutorials on Instagram. And it's so bizarre because I'm used to reading a long form blog post or some sort of report or going to a conference and watching some guy or some some person like presenting you know, for yeah, 30 minutes presenting for slides. 30 minutes and and now it's like this Instagram TikTok Tick. format where it's like super concise 25 seconds do this do this do that do that that's it boom video and it's so intense and like for me as as a person who is not used to to this format i mean is it good is it working like can you actually learn something from it i mean doesn't it isn't it like isn't it like cheapen doesn't it like cheapen, cheapen the experience the, the experience so that is something that i'm i'm very like it's so confusing because on one hand it's so good that it, it gets new people and new talent into the pool but on the other hand it's like Seriously, 25 second videos on 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 your on your phone? Like that's how you want to learn? So it's really confusing. For me what I've noticed is that it creates more of automatons than than a thinker. At least from my experience with people that have been educated that way, they know the mechanics, but they don't understand the yeah. why. Exactly. And and that is and when you said curiosity, this is why I went to this example because I think that a lot of people are curious. When when I talk to people, they're like, "Oh, wow, what you're doing is so cool." And and even like when I go, even like I I I just did a podcast like from home and I was interviewed on Zoom or whatever and I have like this cool I have like a second desk behind me that has all of my electronic stuff because when I'm when I'm doing research on IoT devices, I sometimes have to take them apart and mess with the hardware and do all of all of that stuff and it looks really cool like when it's behind me and and the guy on the podcast saying oh wow this is so cool like it looks like a mad scientist lab and it's like wow like oh maybe you can teach me how to do and it's like that's what i feel about those tiktok videos where well you spend nights and days yeah. on each of those yeah devices. i like i'm just coming off i'm just how coming, long it takes you yeah i'm just coming research. off of, of a research project that took six months yeah six months of of like staring at things and swearing at them and 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 then you want to take something like that and compress it into like a 25 second video and just because it looks cool so this is something i don't understand the gd and latal show will return in a moment the gd and latal show is sponsored by ort in today's world identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers if your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, ORT can help. ORT offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with ORT, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. ORT will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ORT.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Latal Show is sponsored by Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for security operation teams. 
providing unlimited data ingestion and normalization at a predictable cost, Hunters helps SOC teams mitigate real threats faster and more reliably than SIM. Visit hunters.ai to learn more. One of the things I'm noticing more and more is that the threat research department falls under marketing. Not, yeah. that, not that we have anything bad to say against marketing. Well, I make a living out of it, so exactly. we should be okay with that. Exactly. I, I made a living out of it because of her. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and became famous for a while. We can tell the story. For a while. But, uh, yeah. that, w- that we should tell. So uh, this has been my, my always dilemma of the, should threat research reside under more of marketing, under more what I like to call the risk, the research for efficacy? Because my buddy Eric, who I'm also probably going to drag here, makes the security products better versus the making other products better. Because in the marketing department, you basically tell people, hey, I have a problem. You, you, the world, have a problem. You should fix it. Versus Oof, that's a loaded subject. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, why I, I wanted to. I can maybe it. jump in and say yeah. before mid goes, it really depends. Like, what are you trying to achieve out of the research? Yes, there are companies that see it as a vehicle to get the story out, that see it as a vehicle to get press coverage. We talked a little bit in the past, is it legit, is it not, as long as it's true. And so we can touch, and I want to touch about because I think we share some points about yeah. it. And, and experiences. Are, yeah, and yeah. some are ambulance chasing, and that's mm. probably not okay. But I think... This is relatively new. I mean, the basics of research is for other things, right? It is for making a product better, more resilient, finding your issues. So I think this should be first and foremost. The marketing came later. Yeah, and how about sales? Because one of my my points is that you need a researcher to show, especially in, in, in an environment that doesn't have the critical event yet. To basically show, hey, here's how Evil Engine X works. Yeah. Let, let's set this up and show you how your Octa gets. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so sometimes in some for some products, you're saying you need a red team you need to red actually team. be there and show. Otherwise, the product. The, if you're not being hacked, the product will not do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. So with. With regards to your question, it's it's it became it's it's really weird because when I so when I worked at Cyber Reason with with Lital, when I joined the company when I was still in Israel, I worked on the research team, but all of my work was for the product. Yep. So, how to improve the product, how to catch more threats, how to mitigate threats, yada 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 yada. And when I moved to the US and I joined the office in Boston, I sort of got disconnected from the development life cycle and R&D and all of that. And I still wanted to do research and the company wanted me to do research. So we came into this solution. And again, the company was younger than like, there were, there weren't many of us. I was, I think I was the only like researcher in the States, like at the company back then. Does Jonathan agree with you? Well, Jonathan uh, was CTO. Yeah. <laughs> and, he did uh, not do... You, you could ask him if you want. I don't uh, think he's pl- into doing this thing. I plan to ask him, don't worry. Yeah. And we can bring Jonathan, by the way. I think we he's going to be here yeah. next week or something. Oh, really? And there was so much stuff to be done. Like there was... We were trying to build the name of the company. Right. And, 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 
and in in the field of security it's it's really kind of weird because if you look at like i don't know if you're like a car company if you're ford ford will not have researchers trying to break into like i don't know jeep vehicles or trying to highlight or trying to highlight faults in a competitor and help them solve it like that 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 doesn't happen and in security i mean you have microsoft finding and disclosing critical bugs to apple on their stuff and then apple are patching and making their stuff more secure because of some researcher that works for, for microsoft so it's like the whole ecosystem is really strange in security and then you have a lot of startups so companies like the company i work at now or how cyber reason was back then when it's or or when i left cyber reason and worked at gardecore which was later acquired by akamai i was so at cyber reason i i actually founded nocturnus which was the team that does like all of the advanced research for the customers but we would often we would often i i don't want to say capitalize because it's it sounds bad but we would like use the stuff that we found anonymize it and reveal details again without infringing any any of the customer's intellectual property or identity or whatever we would share our findings with the industry and other companies were doing this as well and we could be in direct competition with like another company but the researchers from the two companies would have like this back channel where they're cooperating so the whole ecosystem is very strange in security and then if if and then i mean when you say researchers at company x unveiled a destructive campaign that blah 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 blah, blah it's great pr so when you take these two these these two separate entities where one is like very good at doing research and finding really really crazy stuff but oftentimes the same people who are very good at research are really bad at presenting it so you'll get them uh, you'll get them together with the marketing people who will try to take these discoveries and 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 then capitalize on it again without uh, capitalize has some negative aspects in it like the word but what i'm trying to say is oh wow our research group did this awesome research they found a vulnerability in a product or they found like a malware campaign or whatever and here is how they did it here is what they found and this shows that we at company x are like the shit we know what we're doing so i think we are doing it as companies and using it for marketing because and i hope this is the case you'll tell me what you think we think it signals to the customers that buy our products that as you said we know shit as that the people that build the product are similar to the people that do this research they it's, actually it's that. It's improve the product based on this research yeah. so kind of like you Mr. customer see how we're good and we unveil this uh, campaigns or those vulnerabilities you're kind of like getting it productized into what you're buying so this is the kind of message we're trying to but uh, I think do you think it's true that companies that are good at research necessarily have a good product or is it no. a good signal no when is it uh, the opposite <laughs> no and i won't name names okay. but it's 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 two things first of all it's it's what you said but it's also a great way to recruit 
So okay. to recruit more researchers. More re so for all, example, all people to even R and D, right? Because yeah, when, yeah. So when I when I worked at Gardicor before the acquisition, I I joined a team that its sole purpose was quote unquote PR research. So it was myself and 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 a group of like really talented. People, I mean, now is heading that team. She's an, an amazing researcher out of Israel, a, a, a good friend of mine. And everything that this team does has absolutely nothing to do with the pro with the product of what Gardecor now Akamai are doing. Nothing. And and it really helps recruiting other researchers or developers or or like like-minded people because they say, oh wow, we get we can we can work with those people on those things and and so it, it's it's a great recruiting tool as well because for me as 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 a technical person as a researcher let's say tomorrow i, I would look for for a, a job i would look at those teams like i would say oh wow they have this person and this person and that person like when i when 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 i saw when when like when i decided that it's time for me to move on to a different company when i decided to leave cyber reason i was i was talking to ophir which is a good which is a friend of mine and and I really appreciate and value her experience and her and pretty much everything she does in, in the field. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll get to work with her. That's awesome. So like that what drew me into joining. So there's also that aspect. I have to say, because I want to share experience of like how you got famous. But, but, but I think that the thing that I realized is that there is a place of making the world better. I mean, the specific thing that you found out that led to this big PR was really a terrible, terrible attack that the world was going through. And you were in the right place in the right can time and guys, lucky. Can you guys well, tell the story? Well, tell, I'll let me tell the story. <laughs> so in 2017, the Russians decided that uh, they want to mess with uh, Ukraine yet again or before, yeah, before or whatever. Yeah. Before yeah. they launch missiles. Yeah, for the millionth time, by the way, because they, they've had, they've been messing with them for a while. The grid, yeah. Yeah, they, they shut Our off the, the part of the grid, I think a year or two before. Mm -hmm. And they launched they launched a, what appeared to be ransomware, but it was a wiper, which is now like the the, the, the de facto standard of these attacks. But and, and basically what they did is they there's a software company that's called the, the product name is ME Doc. The name of the company is in intellect something. I forget. It's been a while, it's been five years. And basically what, what they did is a, a Russian threat group called Sandworm breached that software company and, and that piece of software, ME Doc, is like this accounting program that everyone that does business in or with Ukraine, back at the time at least, had to use for all of the... For, it's like the turbo tax of yeah, yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, you have to use this software to pay taxes in Ukraine. Or if you work with Ukraine, yeah. you have some entities. So yeah, exactly. Any international company that had something to do with Ukraine had to use this software, right? Yeah. And so the manufacturer of that, the, the yeah, the, and they got popped. And the 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 short, like the short version of the of the story is the Russians breached that company and basically trojanized ME Doc in a way that will allow them to identify identify ME Doc's customers by their tax ID number which will then allow them to say, oh, um, so this tax ID number is uh, this company or university or wherever. I want to run malicious code on 
their network or them or their or on their machine. And that's pretty much what they did. And they've unleashed this devastating uh, ransomware worm, which was then dubbed NotPetya. And that started spreading across Ukraine and it, it wreaked incredible havoc. So like ATMs didn't work and banks were offline, universities were offline, public transit was offline, like everything stopped working. But then it also started spreading outside of Ukraine and it actually impacted the international shipping company. There's an incredible story about Maersk that is shared on a book by Andy Greenberg called Sandworm, which I highly recommend. And basically Maersk, Maersk was knocked offline and they were only saved because they had like this old crusty computer somewhere in Africa that didn't get hit yet. Incredible story, but what happened was with NotPetya, it started spreading and I was in Israel actually visiting my, my, my family at the time. And I was on my way back to my parents' house where I was, when I was driving back, I heard on the radio that there is, there were two things that, are, that happened. One was a Ukrainian general was assassinated and that there is this ransomware attack in Ukraine. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that sounds interesting. And I got, I got to my parents' house and my dad was watching the news and I was sitting next to him and my dad is like, really not a technical person. He calls the, he, the, he calls the microwave that dishwasher that warms food. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's really, yeah, he's really not a technical person. And he, like, I'm sitting next to him on the couch and he's like asking me questions, like what's going on, if I can explain it to him. And then like, and then my mom comes in and my mom is also not a technical person. And my mom is like, 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 like the um, stereotypical Jewish mom, like, oh, can't you fix it? Can't you help them? Can't you fix it? And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll try. And I was like, I don't know. Why not? I mean, I don't know. I only have my Mac here. This is a Windows. This is a Windows malware. I didn't have. I didn't have a single way of like running the malware in some sort of like test environment. I I, I had nothing. So all I did was static analysis. I basically opened the executable of the malware or the DLL, I forget what it was. And I started like, just like looking at what it does. And I was on this WhatsApp group with like a hundred other Israeli researchers and they were all talking about the cryptographic aspect of it. How can you decrypt the files? And I, as I said, I didn't go to school, so I don't know math. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything that has to do with cryptography. So I was like, ah, I'll, I'll let them deal with that. They seem to know what they're doing. And I, I, was, I was like, okay, I wonder if there's a way to like make it crash and not work or whatever, because this was like two months after or, or a few months after WannaCry. Yep. And WannaCry was stopped by Marcus Hutchins at the time, an anonymous British researcher that went on and registered a domain that he saw that the malware is reaching out to and that's basically stopped the attack. And yeah, he like vaccinated it. So he, like that, that was the kill switch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, kill switch. And, yeah. and, and after that happened, Jonathan, the CTO of, of, of CyberReason was like being sarcastic. Like, why wasn't it you? Like, why, why, <laughs> like, what am I paying you for? Like, he was being very like facetious. So I was back to my parents' living room. I was, I was, I was there and I was like um, opening the, the malware with Ida Pro. And I was looking for ways to make it stop. And then I saw that it actually has, like I looked at all of the functions that it was importing. And one of the functions was exit process, which is a function that causes the process to exit. I was like, oh, cool. What, what calls that function? So you stand on the function, you hit X for the references to it and you click the reference. It's like, oh, it looks for a file. And if that file exists, 
it'll exit process. And it does that before it starts encrypting everything. So it's like, okay, cool. All we have to do is find out the name, of, file the name of the file and we're done. So that started an insane quest on like Twitter and, 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 and WhatsApp and whatever, because what I had that the name of the file was like sample dot something. Like it wasn't like the original name of the file. And I had to know what the original name of the file was. And after a few back and forth, found out that the name of the file was PRFC, perfc dot that, I think. And then I asked uh, a coworker at CyberReason that had access to a lab, I was like, okay, put this file in this location, try to run the malware, see what happens. And he goes, well, it's not running. I'm like, oh, nice. So I, back at the time, I think I had like 800 followers on Twitter or something like that. I was fairly anonymous. I mean, I was known mostly for my antics with like Mac malware and adware and that kind of stuff. And I posted it on Twitter and it started gaining traction and it started getting retweeted and retweets and retweets. And, and I ended, I ended that night having like, I think 4,000 followers on Twitter from 800. What is Twitter? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I left Twitter. And uh, Twitter is like this Mastodon alternative. Yeah. <laughs> You're on Mastodon, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, so it, it started getting retweeted and it was very viral. And my phone was ringing until it ran out of battery because of press. And it was just nuts. And that made me like internet famous for like five minutes. <laughs> awesome. You got to add the double checks oh i had yeah it got me a blue check on twitter blue but check. now i mean you can just pay eight dollars yeah, exactly. so and you yeah. don't you don't need to you don't need somebody. to fight russian malware in order to well you ended up being on cnn with this uh kill switch that you with, found with red bags under my eyes <laughs> just i didn't sleep yeah i was i was in israel because I, I was i was also speaking at a conference there and the day after it happened right. so i didn't sleep all night just from the adrenaline and like the journalists and everything and i got to the conference in like about an hour or two before I was supposed to take the stage, I got a call from a reporter from CNN that wanted to come over and interview me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, CNN. Okay. <laughs> so he came and interviewed me and you, you can find that on YouTube and I look horrible there. And, and then after that, it was funny because I was interviewed by Russian state television. And, and they asked me if, if I know who's behind it, and it's like, come on, Russian state, come on. <laughs> and I was like, and I looked at them and I smiled. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't deal with attribution. I don't know who that is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. That's a great story. Great story. I think we are, it's about time to play a game. It's we have a game. Time. Oh, there's a game. There's, there's a, a game. game for all our guests. Okay. So nothing to be scared of. It's going to be fun. Okay. Um, let's do it. And now, Lital and Didi present Prove You're Not a Robot, three final authenticating questions for our guest. Cool. So, Amit. Yeah. If you were a cybersecurity superhero, what would be your name and who would play you in the Hollywood movie that would follow? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What would be my name? Wow. Okay. It would be the ghost. Not because it's like a cool hackery kind of uh, moniker. It's because I'm very pale. So I think you on video. Yeah, you can see I get, it's it's very very pale. I thought you would say the reverser. <laughs> it's very very uh, Twin Peaks esque. Right. Like speaking in space, speaking like backwards. And yeah, no. I, I if 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 I if I were a superhero, I wanted to be like this. 
because it, it's it's so it's such a cliche that like the 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 super the the cybersecurity hacker type is always this guy who is like in a hoodie. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, but like a guy in a hoodie who has no social skills who is like very oh crap, that's me. Oh man. Never mind. No, just just like this kind of quiet guy who has a day job. Nothing nothing fancy. And I'm I'm Mr. not Mr. Anderson? Mr. Anderson. Yeah, and who will play me? That's who? Keanu. He's pale. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I I really don't know. I mean, I I I I wanted to be someone with like th- someone goofy with a sense of humor. Like not nothing serious. Like I I can't think of anyone. But ma- oh, I know. What's his name? Bill Hader? Bill Hader. Yeah, nice. I I love him. So uh, so okay. Okay. Good. Cool. cool. Well, uh, we already talked about horror, breach horror yes, story exactly. hacks, so, so we're think, probably going to... No, let's do the, how do you waste your time on the internet? Ooh. Oh, wow. Not on Twitter anymore. No, no. <laughs> so first of all, it's incredible because since I left Twitter, I have so much, much time. time. I'm not joking. So how I waste my time on the internet, a lot of reading on security stuff which is not really wasting time but investing time okay and yeah I, wa- I i watch a lot of political commentary on youtube so like a lot of american i'm, I'm obsessed with american politics so a lot of that so uh, every day i have like a routine where there's like two or three shows that i watch each one of them is between 45 minutes to an hour and i find a time either if it's uh if like my wife is with the baby and i have some time so i do that if not then after everyone's asleep i i, I watch that so i i spend a lot of time watching political commentary on on on, on youtube you say that worse than me uh-huh. <laughs> listening yes. to npr and yes like oh not going. npr i'm talking about like uh, like real politics yeah. i i this is why i purge my brain with sports a lot better you, you sleep better <laughs> What new revolutionary technologi- technological innovation will arrive within the next 15 years? Wow. I- I'm so bad at those things. I mean, I think that it's such a cliche, again, but I think that AI is, like, exploding right now. It and, and like it, It's so... F- it happened like that. It's so fast. I mean, it started with the... With the bullshit image generation. <laughs> Dolly. Uh, yeah, Dolly. And, then, and then Dolly 2, which is incredibly impressive and there's like two or three other stuff and now there's chat gpt which is mind-blowing i mean i'm using chat gpt for work it's yeah. like it, it, it's great and i think that this is i, I think that this is going to be a uh, 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 there's going to be a lot of growth there like there's no there's no way there's not going to be and i think that it's going to be something that nation state nation state rivalry are going to spurred out of because like who does a better chat gpt the americans or the chinese or the russians or the israelis or whatever and i think that it is going to offload a lot of thinking uh, a lot of a lot of brain cycles are going to get offloaded into ai so i think that is going to be a, a very big revolution and also electric cars no doubt cool Cool. Anyways, Lital, bring us home. This has been another episode of the Didi and Lital show. Thank you, Amit, for joining us today. It was Thank a pleasure. You. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are here weekly. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your day. Goodbye. Bye.